Ladies, this is Carrie, Fullerton Professional Organizing uh, in Harlingen, Texas. And we are going to start on part two of our classroom organization. Um, now, next year, I'll be sure and start this before the school year starts um, and, you know, work this into my seasonal podcasting. But I thought since it is spring break, I thought I would go ahead and tackle this so that maybe you can get started thinking about next school year and um, especially if you're a new teacher and you haven't yet started teaching yet. So if you want, you can go back and listen to my part one. It's more of a general way to get started setting up your classroom if you don't know where to start first. And now we're going to go through a little bit more of the setup. Now, of course, there's lots of lots of details that can be added, uh, like what bins are used for exactly what items, etc. But there's just not enough. Um, there's so many ideas that um, you really do have to figure out what works for you. But I suggest in starting to start with your furniture and rug layout first. Figure out where your book, your uh, class library is going to be. Figure out how to utilize, if you have windows, how to utilize that lighting, that natural lighting. Uh, do you need space for virtual uh, teaching or or are you just, or is this just a traditional classroom only? Um, I know the pandemic has been going for a while. So there are probably systems in place that I'm not aware of um, because I am a professional organizer. I did teach, but I have not been in the classroom for over eight years. So with the pandemic, you may have to make adjustments to some of the things that I'm going to uh, go over. Um, do you want your desk near a window or what is the best use for natural light from the window you have in your classroom? If you have one, some classrooms don't have windows. Uh, is there a carved out nook already in your classroom that you would like to use for your class library? Or do you have to create one and figure out the best place for one? <clears throat> your reading table, where is your guided reading table going to be? Uh, student desks or tables, do they need to be six foot apart? Or is there other things, plexiglass, is there other adjustments that you have to make? Um, now, do not buy everything for your classroom before you have seen it. Um, and, you know, do not buy everything before you've seen the room and the space that you're going to be working with. Take photos of your space so that when you are out and about, you, you can refer to those pictures to, to figure out the space because you're not going to be able to memorize everything in your classroom. Uh, 
you do want to measure the depths of your shelves so you'll know if the bins that you want to purchase are the right size and are going to fit. Um, now, uh, then there are other ways, other things to keep in mind when planning your room. Find out if your school gives you a budget to spend on your classroom so that you can spend that on the mo more expensive, most needed items, and then you can supplement with uh, your income if there's anything else that you really think you need. Um, but make an Amazon wish list so friends and family can donate. Or also, when school starts, you know, when parents want to donate, they have a wish list that they can go to for that. People do want to help teachers. So that wish list is a good resource. Uh, now, if you do buy anything before you've seen the, cla uh, the classroom, here are some things to think about. Um, now, I know here in our area, they're in the Walmart and in the uh, office supply stores. They have lists depending on what school you go to, what district you go to. You know, look at the supply list and that will give you an idea of some of the items that you're going to have to find storage for in your classroom. Or you, if that teacher still works at that school that used to have your classroom, you may be able to uh, contact that teacher by email or in person. If they give you that information, you may be able to talk to them about what organizational bins fit in what cabinets and shelves and um, that may be a little bit of a shortcut for you if you have that option um, now let's see here if you buy anything now also if you want if you are just so excited you can't help yourself and you want to buy organizational stuff before you've even seen your classroom, make sure you buy it at a store that has a great return policy so that you can return the items that you figured that you don't need and don't fit in your classroom. That will also save you um, some money. But, um, but also there are things that you can buy that you know for sure 100% you're gonna need. You're going to need binders, at least four binders. Um, it just depends on how many things you're going to wind up putting in binders. I liked putting everything in binders that I could. Everything that is paper, I put in binders so that um, it was I could flip through it and it was at my fingertips. Um, you might want to, at garage sales or thrift stores, want to buy some picture books. Now also that depends on the age group you're going to be teaching. You might want to have books from the range of K through 4 so that no matter what elementary, if you're teaching elementary, no matter what age group you get moved to, if you get moved to, you have some of every age. Um, for little ones, I always bought board books for little ones because they're not as easy to tear up. They're sturdy. That's just my my thing. I taught three, 
four and five-year-olds. So um, board books were great for that. And then the books that I bought that I actually read to the students um, that were paper, I kept in my curriculum because I did not want those torn up. Uh, but of course, there are going to be books that you're going to also want to add to your your uh, library, your class library for them to go through at any time. Um, now, um, let's see, and notebooks for taking notes, brain dumping, making to-do lists, you definitely will need that. Um, so that is, uh, you know, you may need dry erase those dry erase clear pockets, anything that you can buy at the Dollar Tree for your classroom is great because at least if you find that you don't need it, you can donate it to another teacher and it was very inexpensive. It was not a big loss if you don't use it. Um, now, most teachers do use roll, the three-tiered rolling carts, so that's always a good option to have. Um, timer, bell, you know, something that you can use that's fun for the kids to know when it's time to do this, when it's in, when time is up. Uh, now, for the top of your desk, I have found um, very helpful these toolboxes with the little clear drawers. Those can be used for your markers, your paper clips, your thumbtacks, all those little things, erasers, um, those little... Um, I used to use the, oh, I can't, rubber stamps to, uh, you know, rubber stamps things on their, their paper or as little rewards instead of stickers because stickers always seem to come off easily. I thought sometimes it's just as easy to just put a rubber stamp on their hand and then when they got home, um, uh, well, I actually usually put it on their wrist because they didn't want it to wash off when they wash their hands. But at home, when they do wash up or take a, bath, a shower, they can just uh, wash it off. Uh, those were always helpful. Now, um, what I like to use, and I don't know if I can show you these or not. Yes, I can. Okay. These are an alternative there are some clear drawers that sometimes Dollar Tree has or 99 cent store has. They're uh, those clear makeup drawers, the bigger ones for markers and chalk. And then they have these little ones. And I'm going to see if I can pull this out. Oh. Okay, I can pull this out. This, um, now those that are not watching on YouTube, you're not going to be able to see this, but just know these I hot glued together. They do not come in a set of three. They are individual and they are a dollar a piece. So if you can find a set of three drawers for a dollar, um, that would be an even better deal. But I just really loved these and I use those for paper clips and thumbtacks. So any toolbox that has clear drawers or if you don't want to be able to see 
all of that. You can spray paint the drawers and put labels on them, but they're used for all those little items that would go on your desk that you may not want scattered all over and have all these extra bins for. So I thought that was a really great um, idea for you. Um, now when organizing your, you might want to tackle the book area next, your class library next. You'll want to figure out if you want to categorize them by author, by season, by reading levels, by color, by age, um, by genre. Um, you know, you've got to figure that out. Um, you know, you may want to do, if you have a guided reading program and that's all done by reading levels, it may be just simpler to do everything by reading levels. I had, uh, like I said, I taught three, four, and five-year-olds, so I always did mine by season and sometimes by author within the season, but um, mostly I did mine by season, by month, by curriculum theme because I usually try to keep my curriculum themes the same every month. So then, and so I always knew which seasonal books and which theme books I were gonna, I was gonna read to the class and how I wanted to rotate them if I didn't have enough room for all of my class library in one place. It was nice to be able to rotate my books by season. Um, uh, and whether you want to file them forward. Now, I had little students, so I liked filing them forward. But if you wanted to, um, you could organize them library style. You know, you would have to do it by author or by colored stickers. You know, however you, it feels right to you, that makes it easier for you and your students both to um, work with, that is how you should do it. Um, whether you want to use magazine bins or open bins, um, that is a decision you will have to make while you're uh, you know, organizing that area. Sorry, I'm struggling to talk. Uh, students' personal books. Um, I did see that a teacher did not, there was a, I've been doing a little bit of research at other ideas from other teachers as well. And she didn't like her when her students, because she had older kids, so they read on their own. They would bring books from home to read during their uh, quiet time or their break time. And she didn't like those all out on their desk. So she had a shelf where all the students had those magazine bins all numbered by students. So they knew which number they were, they knew which bin was theirs and they put all their personal reading material in those bins and it stayed there for them to get when they uh, needed. So that is a, another idea, but that's also another shelf that you will need to hold all of that. So it really just depends on how, um, what your clutter level is. Um, some Teachers are very, very, very detail organized. Every single detail is organized. And then others are a little freer in their organization. Um, 
and visual clutter does not bother them as much. They're more organizing for function than visual. I like to kind of combine both um, because I want the class to flow super, super easy. I want it easy to clean up, but um, all of my teacher resources, I definitely want out of sight. I want to know exactly where they are, but I don't want to see shelves and shelves and shelves, open shelves and shelves of stuff. I'd like doors uh, or um, bins that are not see-through. Now for arts and craft supplies, I like all clear see-through bins because I want to be able to know where all of my uh, craft supplies and, and arts and crafts and all of that. I, so there are things that are visual and then there are things that are not visual. Um, but everything you're going to take, now this may seem really, really overwhelming to you. But, so you may do this a little differently, but if this is the first time you've ever taught, then this is crucial. If you've taught before, you will not have to be this extreme. But if you have never taught in the classroom before, you are going to need to categorize everything before you start organizing. You're going to have to ha have, it would probably be a good idea if you have any tables or any floor space to break things down into categories, you may have student supply category, you may have a manipulative category, teacher uh, I, personal items and teacher supply uh, category, guided reading, uh, anchor chart stuff, curriculum items, uh, manipulative items, recess games, clipboards, whiteboards. I'm just going to quickly go through the list of all the things you might have in your classroom. Uh, headphones, a hygiene station with your sanitation stuff, your Kleenex, your wipes, your uh, water bottles, all of those things that are germ magnets or that clean germs and keeps your students healthy, party supplies and snacks, your Chromebooks, if you have to store Chromebooks in your classroom, uh, if you have a binder for each student that goes with them from year to year, you'll have to have a place to store those, uh, morning meeting, calendar items, job charts and incentives, empty bins and baskets for when you start getting things from the categories into the organizational bins that you're working with, craft category, field trip category, and then an area where all the stuff you're getting rid of as you're going through your stuff, you, there might be stuff that you were donated to you that you don't want to use or that you want to store for another year or that you want to give to other teachers. Maybe you had some extra stuff that you didn't need in your classroom. Um, now, to organize your supplies. If you've already done all of this, so you know exactly what space and you've measured everything and you know what you're gonna need, I suggest the very first place to go is Dollar Tree. That's gonna be your least expensive uh, place for bins and uh, organizational items. Then 
Walmart. Walmart is going to be your next place to um, stay within a nice budget, even if you're buying shelves. Um, I have shelves here in my um, craft room office that are, they were either $24.99 or $29, $24.99 or $29.99. I believe they were only $24.99 and I have four of them. And uh, those will work great in your classroom. And one day I'm going to go through this and show you how it will work in a classroom as well. Um, because I have hinges on my four um, shelves so that I can close them up like a cabinet. And you may want to be able to do that in your classroom, especially when you close everything up for the summer. You may not want to have to uh, move anything. Just close the cabinets up and everything's still there when you open it back up the next day. Of course, the two in the middle will have to be uh, secured to the wall um, in case things are secured in a way that students, uh, for student safety. I'm not sure what the policies are on shelves like that at your in your classroom. Um, so you're going to need open bins, cups, and again, the toolbox with the little drawers, clear shoe boxes with lids, um, binders, um, bookshelves, possibly drawers, the plastic drawers, um, of all different shapes and sizes and shoe organizers that are the hanging shoe organizers. Now you're going to have to next tackle your classroom flow and function. How do you want them to come into the classroom and distribute their homework papers? How do you want them to put things in their cubby? All How do you want students to turn in papers? How do you want to distribute papers? You know, all those little baskets and bins for uh, paper class flow and function. Um, then after you've done all of that, you're really going to have to sit down. And this is another thing that's going to be somewhat lengthy, but it's going to help you this year and years and years and years to come because you can keep tweaking it by age um, by classroom, by grade level, by school. It can be tweaked, but at least you will have the one huge up, uh, draft. And it could be four pages. And, you know, you're not going to... this. These four pages are not for public reading because they're going to look at that and they're going to go, oh my goodness, you have too much going on in your classroom. But it's not like that. You just need to know exactly how you want everything to flow. And eventually, those details are going to be memorized. But they're just going to be helpful because at the beginning of every year, you can look over it and read it again and figure out how you want your next class uh, routines and procedures to go. And you won't have to start from scratch. It just gives you some ideas. Um you're going to, on that procedures and routines, it's going to be how you handle going to the restroom, uh, how you line up, 
how uh, your papers and paper flow turn in and passing out is going to go. You know, every procedure, routine, and schedule you can think of has to go down on paper. This is going to help you. This is going to help your substitute. Now, it, it, in the beginning, the substitute may look at that list and think, oh my goodness. But once they read it and realize that it's very well organized, they're going to um, really come to love that. And plus, if you have the same um, substitute over and over, eventually they're going to get to know that procedure and routines and um, it's really it really is going to be helpful it's a lot of work but it's really going to be helpful from year to year and substitute to substitute and then the next thing you're going to organize are your wall spaces what does your school require you to keep up on your walls is going to be first because you got to find a place for the required stuff first then the items that you need on the wall like your calendar, your incentives, your job charts, your birthdays, your class rules. How much of it do you need on the walls and how much can you put on, uh, somewhere else on your desk or on the back of the door? Can you hang all of that on your um, where you put your anchor charts and your sentence strips uh, and on a clothes rack with those little hanger things? Um, where are we going to put water bottles and headphones? Because you can put those in uh, those shoe organizers that are hanging shoe organizers. And each student can have their um, water bottles in their own pouch. Um, and the same with your class headphones. If each student has a pair of headphones and you want them to be taken care of and not get crushed and stepped on, um, they can be in pockets and they can be numbered by students. So only that student uses those headphones for the whole for the whole year. And then you that instills some responsibility in them. And then the last things you're going to do in your classroom after you've got all of that organized is then you're going to organize your decorations and decide on how you want your classroom decorated. Now, it's up to you. You can not spend any money on decorations or you can have a whole pink classroom if you want. Whatever the school allows you to do in your classroom, whatever colors you want to use in your classroom, whatever classroom theme you want to use or not use, it really is entirely up to you, but it does make your classroom fun. Cla uh, organize your classroom themes and colors, your bulletin boards, your seasonal items. Have those well organized and decide what you're going to use in, in your classroom for the year theme. And then go back and fine tune with, and start making your name tags. And as you're fine-tuning, you're going to make your labels, and you're going to label everything. Now, um, some things you may want to just label on the plastic bins with a dry erase marker until, or those um, Visa line markers so that they're not easily erased, but 
label everything, even if it's a temporary label, so that as a couple of months go by, you can, you're going to keep fine tuning things the first month or two of school, you will keep you'll realize what works and what doesn't work. So you will probably be changing those temporary labels to permanent labels when you finally fine tune and figure out exactly what works for you. And then at the very end of the school year, before you start packing anything up, you know, whatever cleaning that you do at the end of the school year, Take pictures of what's working for you and somehow document what is working. Videotape or take pictures of what is working for you that you want to remember the next year. Because sometimes in a couple of days before school, they will change your classroom. They will change your grade. Things, changes or the pandemic changed a lot of things for people. And so you will want to be able to remember um, where everything was. Even, maybe you changed classrooms and then you wind up back in a classroom that you had years ago. You can go back through those pictures of how you had that class organized. And um, all of that's just going to be very helpful. Documentation is always helpful to remember things and you can get it off of your brain and you don't have to worry about it. Guys, I hope that this video is very, very helpful to you. I think um, once a month, I'm gonna tackle a different area of the classroom or maybe once a week. Um, I'm not sure if I'm gonna go back to back with or uh, organizing different areas in the classroom or not. So just stay tuned because I will have more ideas for you teachers, whether you're, you've taught before or whether you're a new teacher. So stay tuned. Um, I may start tackling how to do your lesson plans more efficiently and easily. Um, but of course, Again, I haven't been in the classroom for a while. These are just starting points for you, a place to start, and then you have to tweak it and make it your own and make it work for you. All right, guys, thank you for listening, and I will see you on the next podcast.